FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 216, I think, <laughs> I should have checked that, <laughs> of the podcast that goes snicked, we're your host, Jason, humping all this way, Venable, and I'm joined by flashback co-host extraordinary, Cameron, pimple on the butt of the universe, Sinclair. <laughs> What's, Absolutely. What's popping, man? The burst. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. nice. Yeah, you should have been pumping all the time, though. Well, yeah, but that wasn't the line, so, you know. Yeah. What What's can up? I do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to dive into Wolverine Year 15. Uh, this will be part one. I don't know if it'll be a two or three part series, but, um,. We're going to cover at least a little bit. Uh, I'm going to kind of, you know, we're to the point to where Wolverine's kind of all over the place. And it was kind of hard to figure out exactly how I wanted to break up all these episodes because I feel like really from issue one to issue eight, like I don't think the intent was for readers to go, oh, Wolverine's going back and forth to Madripoor. I think he was probably just there. Yeah. There was so much other stuff that came out like mixed up with all that and that you had to talk about like Inferno and you know well Inferno for sure <laughs> so to try to kind of place all that in, in a succinct timeline and, and different different reading orders online propose different um, orders or, or whatever but um, anyway we're going to talk about this this main Madripoor story and we'll see how how far we get but um, we do have some house cleaning before we get to that we have three house cleaning items I want to talk about. First of all, I missed a pseudo Wolverine appearance from the end of 88 before Inferno came out. So this kind of goes somewhere back in there. And that was Marvel Comics Presents number 21, which features Cyclops. Um, and there's a Cyclops story, The Retribution Affair. It was written by Bob Harris, penciled by Ron Lim, each by Carol Rim. Letters by Augustine Moss and colors, or I guess probably Augustine Moss, and colors by Andy Yankus. Uh, it has a really awesome wraparound cover by Walter Simonson. Of just Cyclops just looking like a boss. Um, really great. And basically this story is really not a lot to it. There's a really cool premise of Moira and Taggart. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of what will come later in the legacy virus. She basically creates a virus that can destroy mutants. But then inadvertently, it also destroys humans, and they got to stop it. Um, and it turns out that she was brainwashed by Master Mold, and there's some. it, it goes kind of dumb. It takes this really cool concept and goes kind of dumb, which is a, a thing that happens in comics sometimes. Anyway, there's a scene where they're talking about all the things that are going on, and they mention the X-Men. And so we have a, a scene of Ron Lim drawing Wolverine with the X-Men. So I just want to mention that. Also worth mentioning, as we get to the end of this year in Wolverine's life, 
uh, in issue nine particularly, we're talking about the artist. But Gene Colan, through all this, is doing a Black Panther story. And I want, just want to throw it out there that the art's pretty good. So when we talk about his issue later and what we do or don't think about that, just remember he drew a really sweet-looking Black Panther story. <laughs> anyway, if I had to grade it, I would give Marvel Comics Presents number 21, overall, two out of six claws. Uh, Ron Lim's art was fine, but the story was dumb. So anyway, next item of house cleaning. Um, so Cameron, I've I've converted. Uh, yeah. So uh, I've been enjoying my Marvel Unlimited, and yeah. used it for stuff I needed to read, but also just used it to kind of go back and some things that I always kind of wanted to check out but wasn't ever going to pay for it. <laughs> right. Like like even not even out of the dollar bin kind of things, and um. Mm-hmm. So at Andrews and John Wilson's hearty recommendations, I finally went back and read the original kind of kickoff of the New Mutant series. And it's really good. <laughs> I'm, change, I'm changing my tune completely. So my apologies to Andrew and John and, and all the other New Mutants fans out there when I've kind of been a little less than, um, I don't know, less than excited about the book. Uh, it's it's really good, particularly when it switches to Bill Sienkiewicz. Oh, man, he's just, his art is so, so good. And with Claremont writing, so I, I'm curious to see when Claremont leaves if I still find it to be as pleasantly surprising. Um, I've got a little ways to go before I get to that point, but um, yeah, uh, reading the uh, the first introduction of... You know, it's funny because I think sometimes you have these stories that like later incarnations are so bad you just assume they're bad. But then you read like the first version and it's not too bad. Like like the Demon Bear story. Whenever people revisit that, like the versions I've read, I hated. But the original story is actually really cool. And a lot of it is the kind of weird art that goes with it. But I don't know. And reading like the first appearance of Legion for the first time ever. It was really interesting. So, anyway, just just let well, you know that that I'm 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 switched poles on the New Mutants. Interesting. Spectrum. Well, maybe I'll have to go revisit them one of these days as well. Yeah, I would say if you do start at the beginning because or it I gives will you. I blindly continue to discount, <laughs> and not care about them. Just to discount to be them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so that's that's item number two. Item right. number three, I kept my word. I promised Cameron, and Cameron, by the way, thanks for coming back on. I feel like it's been forever. <laughs> I know. I just kind of disappeared. Right. But, but those many episodes ago, I made you a promise that before we recorded again, I would watch X-Men Apocalypse. Yep. And so here we are, what, almost a year after it came out? <laughs> At least. At least. Maybe more. And I'm ready to say that, hey, I watched it. And you hated it. <laughs> it no, I did not hate it. Uh, I, I, I know it's kind of a polarizing movie. I found it to be very okay. Yeah. I didn't hate it, like some people, but I didn't really love it either. Um, yeah. I just thought it was fine. Um thought the, like the recasting and everything was okay. Like everything was just kind of okay. I didn't... I didn't particularly, I think what it, what it was about it, and you can, you can chime in whenever you want, but I didn't 
particularly love like the overall plot. Like the parts I enjoyed were just kind of little tangents with the characters that happened or, you know, it's kind of individual things. You know, like the Quicksilver scene again. It was kind of the same kind of thing that they did in Days of Future Past. Yeah, but, but I still enjoyed it. But but the actual like apocalypse story, I was just kind of okay, underwhelmed. Yeah. I'm not. I think some of it is I don't really care for what they decided to do with apocalypse, and it's not a, it's not the same as the comics kind of thing. I'm not. I'm not. Not playing that card. I just wasn't that interested in the way they did his powers, and I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. My. I I enjoyed it quite a bit overall, but I I I feel like that the problem the problem with a of a character like Apocalypse is always that in many ways he's too powerful, right? And so it's difficult to really capture that on a scale that makes any sense, <laughs> right? And so in, in the movie Apocalypse X Men Apocalypse, I start to say Apocalypse now. <laughs> in the movie X Men Apocalypse. It's like the whole plot, right? Like he's going to destroy everything. And they have that scene where it's like Magneto and he's pulling all of the metal in all of the world and all of the cities are collapsing. And it's, <laughs> it's like this moment where it's like, well, this doesn't even make any sense. Like we're talking about the possibility of destroying the planet and all of humanity. And it's like the stakes become, the stakes become so high that it no longer makes any sense. Right. And then it's not as interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I, I liked, I liked the uh, the horseman. I liked him kind of pulling together the horseman team. I liked the way they did that for the most part. Yeah. I liked Psylocke as a horseman. I thought I thought they did a good job with her. Anytime Olivia Munn shows up, I'm I'm happy. So <laughs> that was good. She was. Fine. I thought having Angel introducing him there i was okay with that i mean yeah no it wasn't like oh it's not archangel i i'm not sure if i thought that guy did a great job yeah he was okay i mean he wasn't the angel that he definitely wasn't the angel that you would expect right from the comics i mean he was kind of a different version of angel yeah but it was okay I mean, it was good enough i thought yeah but yeah i I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think I like the I like the new, the younger characters. I thought they did a pretty good job. I liked. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was it was like a. I what well, you you described it best. I think it's like it's a good movie, but the plot itself is not as interesting as everything else going on in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I enjoyed kind of the visual of Nightcrawler. That was interesting. Yeah. They <laughs> still kept with like the the underskin tattoo thing. Yeah, that was interesting. And let's see, I liked. Of course, I I think McAvoy and Fassbender do a good job in those roles, so I yeah, enjoyed I, I enjoyed that. I thought so. The Wolverine scene felt a little bit. I don't know. Like they just kind of stuck it in there. Yeah. Like I was. That's that's a, like a very pivotal point in Wolverine's life, and even in the cinematic universe, and in his character. And you know, I think some of it was too. I felt like some of the effects took a step back from Days of Future Past to me. Yeah. Um, and so maybe, I, and I feel like some of the like 
maybe camera. I don't know because there was something particularly about that Wolverine scene. And I don't know if they were trying to not like trying to not be too violent or whatever, but I felt like we'd seen better Wolverine action before that. Yeah, right? I, I would agree with that too. And so him just kind of running around, kind of cutting people up, and you, I, not that I need like you know blood splashing all over the screen, but. I don't know, it just seemed a little... I feel like everything in the movie didn't just didn't quite hit that, like, high bar. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting that, like, I felt like Days of Future Past kind of gave them kind of carte blanche to reset everything. Or, like, establish, like, new, a new timeline or whatever. Kind of like, you know, the, the Star Trek thing. But... Right. But I feel like this movie, they went to a lot of pains to say, well, some of this still happened, but not, not all of it happened. And <laughs> it, felt, it kind of felt like, I don't know if, if for, for listeners that are familiar with like when the, the new 52 first launched for DC Comics, there was that whole like almost more than the story was trying to like for the nerds trying to figure out what part, what part stays and what part goes. And so I, I spent a lot of time in this movie trying to figure out, well, what part of the first three movies are still, like, in existence and what parts aren't? And because yeah. I felt like, you know, I don't know, there were parts of it, like, I felt like they really tried hard to marry it into the original continuity, but then parts that obviously don't fit. So it's just a very, I don't know, a very strange kind of timeline thing they were doing there but yeah yeah it's always that's always a trick with a tricky part when you do the timeline thing is because you the ripple effects only are only going to affect so much stuff right and especially if you are still theoretically tied to the previous timeline i don't know because like nightcrawler's existence in this one compared to how he's introduced in x2 right well, he's, he's part of, you know, Weapon X, a version of Weapon, I'm doing air quotes, right? A version <laughs> of Weapon X in, in the Marvel, the, uh, what did they call the reboot of Marvel? Oh, I don't remember. Where they, where, where they put him in Weapon X, where they put Nightcrawler in Weapon oh, X. Oh, the ultimate line. You're talking ultimate, about the comics. Yeah, yeah sorry. I was, I was like, thinking of movies stuff. still. Yeah, so it was like, so that was kind of there, and then here it's like they go back to more of a, almost more true to the comic. Right. But even then, it's not really fully, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, I kind of felt like in this, this trilogy, ended up doing, making some of the same mistakes that were made in the original trilogy. And that the first one is like a great introduction here, first class, great reintroduction to what they're doing with the yeah. characters. All the characters are great. It's a great story. It's very interesting. And then Days of Future Past, I thought, raised the bar just like X2 did. You know, right. This is going to be really good. They set the timeline. Really exciting. Looks really good. And then the third one, although I think this was better than X3. Yes. But they make the same mistake of going too far. They're trying to do too much. And so, right. the, you know, the, the legacy, not the legacy virus, but whatever they, they called it, the serum or whatever in X3. Right. Where, you know, it's like that's... That's too big. Well, are they, are they killing all the mutants? Is everybody dying? I don't. It seems like all the X Men die in that movie. It's a weird. <laughs> it was a weird choice. And then here too, like we said, you know, Magneto seems to be pulling the whole cities apart, and Apocalypse is going to change all of the world's perceptions. And 
I don't know. It, it was yeah. a weird jump to let's let's raise the stakes to the most high they could possibly be. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they they took a stab at that in the in the movie. There's that yeah. scene where they all go see Return of the Jedi. And they walk out yeah. and, and t- make an obvious stab at X3, I felt like. Yeah. Like saying, oh, the oh, third yeah. one's always the worst. And, and I turned to Denise and said, you know, so far at this point, it's not as bad, but this is the worst of the three. Yeah. And well, so, And I, I couldn't tell if, I, when I heard that, I thought, is that purely a stab at X3? Or is it just kind of a almost more meta point that they are recognizing <laughs> this isn't going to be as good? <laughs> I was like, this is the third one. We're sorry in advance. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. If they have that much foresight, get on them. Um. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably not. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, and uh, But yeah, but it, I, you know, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was good. I think, I think that the, the, the Sony people have a lot to learn from the Marvel people. Sony or Fox? I mean Fox, not Sony. Okay. The, the Fox people. Sony was that was the X, the Spider Man. Yeah, Fox is the X Men. Um, they have a lot to learn from the Marvel people, and I feel like, not to be spoiler alerty, but I feel like in Logan they finally got it. Okay. And so I kind of feel like that's one of the best parts of Logan is that it's a, it's a wholly satisfying movie for me. Only okay. seeing it once a couple of days ago, and so I don't want to, I don't want to build it up too much or whatever. But just to me, I felt like, like you know, a lot of the, the X Men movies, I've always, as much as I've liked all of them, I've always walked away being like, I wish they had, I wish they had done this a little different. Like <laughs> even like X Two, which is great, is a future past. Even the great ones, it's like, yeah, it was great, but you know, I wish they had done this a little more. I wish they had to made this choice. And yeah, and I feel like Logan, they finally kind of got what people wanted. Okay. Which it's like with X-Men, they always kind of tried to make it a little bit grittier. They didn't go like ridiculous like the DC Universe is trying to do. <laughs> but it was supposed to be a little darker than like what, what's happening in the uh, the broader Marvel movies, I think. Yeah. Although they've, they've gotten a little bit darker, you know, with Winter Soldier and stuff like that. But it's right. still comparatively... I think X Men has still been a darker, the darker genre, I guess. And then uh, with Deadpool, <laughs> just more violent. Not necessarily darker, just way more violent. Right. And I feel like Logan puts all that together to to create something good, something really good. So yes, I'm, as soon as we can get a sitter, <laughs> I'm going to go see it. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, I've heard good things, and I think it just it, the trailer had me excited. And so yeah, I yeah, the trailers they did a good job with the trailers. I, it'll be interesting because I, I haven't. I'm sure that I will, but I haven't yet really heard anything negative about it. Oh, okay. I haven't really been on social media that much the last couple of days because right. I've been grading so much, and so I haven't really scrolled through all the nerd sites I tend to follow to see what everybody's <laughs> saying, but. But the ones I have seen from AV Club and places like that, it's all pretty positive. So. That's cool. Which is um, unusual. Yeah. Yeah, Georgie was, uh, he's kind of the only person I heard say anything kind of, you know, I wouldn't even say it's negative. He just kind of, he said that 
he felt like it still had a little bit of the, the Wolverine problem and that the third act didn't quite carry the first two, but, you know. Well, yeah, I guess so. I think I would say that, in my opinion, maybe a little bit, but far less so than the previous two Wolverines. All right. Cool. Whereas, like, like Wolverine, we've discussed a bunch of times, it's just the Silver Samurai shows up and it's like, what what's happening? <laughs> what, what is this movie about now? <laughs> And then, you know, Wolverine Origins, where it's just. Well, just the, bad. the first stab at fake but Deadpool. That's more three, three fourths of the movie is. <laughs> it's just kind of bad. There, that's a, a not good movie with, with a few just really good moments. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at that one. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's worth a watch. If you've never seen it, it's worth watching because there is good stuff in there. But, but yeah, overall, it's, it's not. I didn't like it that much, but. But yeah, anyway, we'll right. see. I'll be interested to see what you have to say about that when the yes, time comes. I will. Hopefully sooner than later. I really, really, really want to see it in the theater. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I think, that's I think a pretty that high priority. Um, that and Kong, I've heard, is which you really need to see in the theater, really, too. I have had zero interest in that. I didn't think much of it. And then a friend of mine said that the stuff he read about it's describing it as King Kong meets Apocalypse Now. Wow! And then it's and then the so and I've seen some longer trailers for it and it it looks interesting. I mean, okay. I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but it's All definitely right. different than what what I thought when I first saw. They're making another King Kong movie. <laughs> so is it completely on its own, or is it related to the Peter Jackson thing, or? I don't think it has anything to do with any okay. of that. I think right. it's a whole separate thing because oh. it's like Kong as the defender of this monster portal or something. I don't, I don't, oh, okay. I don't know. That's just what I gathered from the preview <laughs> of the really. But right. it's something about Kong is kind of there. They don't know who he is and they're figuring it out. But all these native worship him, and then I think it's like him fighting other monsters to protect Earth. I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. It was very different than what I thought. So I was like, okay, I might give that another try. All right. Because I didn't care much for the last any uh, of the King Kong movies. Yeah, it was. But it was fine. It I just, remember being entertained by the Peter Jackson one, but yeah. also feeling like it was super long. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. I don't know. From it's Monster Island. Movie, our movie podcast. Yeah. Right. From Monster Island to Madripoor, uh, let's pick back up. We're going to start with Wolverine number four. Number four. Yes. This is Bloodsport. It is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by John Bishima, inks by Williamson. I don't remember his first name, and it doesn't say. Um, colors by Glennis Oliver. Uh-huh. What? Is it Al Williamson? That sounds right, yeah. I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Colors by Glennis Oliver, letters by Tom Orjakowski. And our cover is by Busima, of course. And it's a pretty good cover. Um, it says, Introducing Roughhouse and Bloodsport. So we have our first kind of two new Wolverine villains show up. And here on the cover, Roughhouse is punching out Patch. And Bloodsport is grabbing Tiger Tiger by the hands. Tiger Tiger. <laughs> yep. Not by the tail, which you would which you're supposed to try to do, right? 
Catch a tiger by the toe. Oh, by the toe. Oh, you should have grabbed her by the toe. But he didn't. He grabbed her by the hands. Yeah. Um, So what do you think of the cover? Um, I like it. I, I'm not a big fan of Bloodsport's look. He kind of looks, uh, he's so skinny. He just looks creepy instead of like powerful or scary. It's more just like, this is a weird looking guy. (laughs) What is he doing here? Right. Um, but I, I think it's a good cover. Otherwise I like the, I like the coloring. I like the. Still yeah. don't get the tiny eye patch. I still think it's that's super such tiny. Yeah, thing they've done with Wolverine wearing this little tiny tanning bed eye patch. <laughs> little, sk- but, little swimming goggles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Bloodsport is basically he's in all black leather with extra belts, and he's mm-hmm. super pale and kind of has a classic vampire look to him, but with a long ponytail. Rough House looks like a hulked out John Denver. Um, <laughs> he goes back and forth between looking like Hulk John Denver and Hagrid. Oh, Hagrid. yeah. <laughs> His beard was a little bit longer. Yeah. Denise can't find her phone. Uh-oh. Hey, everybody. Tell her to check her purse. She, her watch can locate it. Where's your watch? Yeah. So I think I saw it on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has the Apple Watch with the phone locator. It can ping. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but yeah. I thought you know, it's, I don't. These villains are not. They don't kind of fall into like the everlasting rogue gallery of Wolverine. But no. let, let's see what happens to him. Bloodsport. To me, Bloodsport. We no. I'll talk about more later. Yeah. We'll get to we'll talk about that at the end. Oh, it's in here. <laughs> There you go. Sorry, listeners, if you heard the ping. So, whatever, if you felt like you were in a submarine for a second, it's because the phone's in here. I did. I thought you just found some torpedoes that just been launched. There it is. You were kind of right, right by the way. Everyone can relax. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was on the counter pass-through. So uh, I was close. You were pretty close. Has it been there since I was there three months ago, sitting in that same place? Yes. <laughs> Last time I was at your house, <laughs> it takes a really long time to charge. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so the first big question in this, before you get into anything, is where's JCVD? I don't know. I mean, it's Bloodsport, blood and there's yeah. no Jean Claude Van Damme. And this vampire guy does zero splits. No, that's right. There is no. There's no buns. <laughs> there's no man buns, and there's no splits. You can't call it blood sports. Hey, Denise. <laughs> Are you still? You didn't fall asleep already, did you, Denise? I think she closed the door. Oh yeah. well. I was gonna get her opinion on man buns. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. It's also weird that they named it Bloodsport when that's just one of the characters, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The chapter is called Bloodsport, not Bloodsport and Roughhouse. I would have rather them call it Roughhouse. It would have made more sense, or at least you know maybe call the next one Roughhouse. Do they? No, they don't. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so in this issue, so remember uh, Wolverine came to Madripoor and he had the whole thing with the Dark Sword. Yeah. And, um, you know, that got resolved. Um, so we come here now. 
it's, you know, going to the, the whole jumble timeline, it's possible he could have left and come back. These stories don't have to be connected. But it just, what? It does, well, go ahead. No, what? What are you saying? Well, I was just going to say, it, it also kind of, I, I almost got the feeling that this is a, a later story that's just also in Madripoor. Okay. Because, like, the Silver Samurai is not there. Right. I mean, we leave the the comic before this. It's like oh, all yeah. about him and Macabre having a budding romance, and right. then he's just gone. True. So some time has definitely passed. So, so maybe he did. He went home and did Inferno, and now he's back in Madripoor again, checking yeah, in okay. on things. So where we where we pick up is we witness the murder of the Madripoor Chancellor by two super powered goons. Chancellor Valorum. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the government supports Tiger Tiger as crime lord, which is a weird thing in and of itself. But hey, Madripoor. But someone new is moving in on the territory using Roughhouse and Bloodsport as muscle. Coincidentally, Patch was at the crime scene, so Wolverine does some digging. He recognizes a scent at the Chancellor's Palace. He sneaks into a swanky hotel and interrogates Karma, who is helping her evil uncle win not coy. I think I said that right. She is surprised to hear the Chancellor's death, so Wolvie disappears, but not without a stern warning. After bumping into Roughhouse and Bloodsport, Jessica Drew and Lindsay McCabe uncover a murder scene with a bloody message for Tiger. They meet Patch and Tiger at the Princess Bar where they discuss Karma's innocence, and Patch agrees to accompany Tiger to the, not to the Princess Bar, but the Prince's Palace. <laughs> Don't get those confused. Um, anyway, after they determine that General Koi is the one making the move on Madripoor's underworld, um, the car is attacked en route by Roughhouse and Bloodsport. Roughhouse takes Wolverine down as Bloodsport nabs Tiger. As Tiger bleeds out, Patch is forced to blow his cover and pop his claws. The karma jumps in and takes over Bloodsport, forcing him to release Tiger. Patch sneaks off with Tiger to the Prince's Bar. Wolverine convinces Drew and McCabe that Tiger's the lesser of Madripoor evils. And they have to get her someplace safe while he goes to bust up some criminals. We find out Bloodsport can track his previous victims by smelling their blood. And Patch is rumored to have skipped town. Koi assumes Patch is going to the mainland to attack his opium operation and plans an ambush. Meanwhile, Karma regrets working with her evil uncle. There you go. Yeah. So what do you have to say about that, Cameron? I wonder if is part of the beef between Wolverine and Roughhouse the fact that they're wearing the same suit? <laughs> they're just like, I wore it better. I was here first. I got mine in big and tall. I got mine in short and stout. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like uh, Bloodsport talks like a Renaissance fair reenactor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Claremont thing that drives me a little bit nuts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not as bad as um, the way Warlock talks in New Mutants. But, but Claremont does this thing where he tries to find these distinct voices, and sometimes they work. Yeah. Sometimes it is kind of annoying. And yeah, this is one of the latter. Yes, it's a little bit annoying. All the these and hey. Yeah, 
when it's it's overdone, it's not like oh he's, he says a few things funny. It's like he's really trying. It's like he's trying really hard to sound like he just got here from the 1600s. Right, right. Like he just woke up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Claremont trying to say he's really old. Right. But I'm. Assuming, I guess. I my my theory, and it's my personal theory, and take it for what you think is worth. If you live thousands of years. Your your speech patterns are probably going to change. Yeah, you're going to adapt to the environment around you. I mean, I don't I don't still talk like I did when I was ten. No, thank goodness. I mean, I still say rad every now and then, <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, you know. Yeah. I think I think the idea that someone just keep, continues to talk the way they did a thousand years ago. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe, yeah. You know, maybe he's just a King James guy. That's that's the only Bible. True. These and nows. These and nows. The only legit Bible. Yeah. Um. Is this? Is this the one where Wolverine? I'm trying to remember if it's this one or the next one where Wolverine talks about why he why he supports Tiger. I think maybe it's in the next one. Um, it might be in this one. I'm flipping through. Well, not not the actual like like the the plan he has. Or just as no, we're talking about basically the the logic behind the idea that he's going to support this crime lord because she tries to hurt less people. Yes, yeah, because she doesn't do drugs or or girls. Yeah. So no, no sex slaves and no drugs. She still does bad stuff, but not as much bad stuff. Yeah, but that was an interesting. Which, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. If someone's going to be in charge of the crime lord, then you're <laughs> right. the person that's not selling drugs and selling sex slaves. But yeah. it was an interesting... Uh, no, you would... I, I don't know. I found it an interesting soliloquy for Wolverine to have about how he's going to help her because of that. Right. So Roughhouse is a uh, misogynist a-hole. <laughs> of course. Supposed to be. He forcefully kisses uh, both Jessica Drew and Lindsay McCabe on the mouth with some yeah. nice hearty smooches. I know, I like the I like the big smooch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't like that very much. Yeah. They did not care for that. Uh what else you got? Um that's really all I got for this one. Okay. Yeah, some some karma shows back up. Um she had kind of disappeared from the New Mutants for a while, and it was interesting to see her uncle kind of be a recurring villain. Um, talks about how he had to leave San Francisco because of his failed criminal empire there. So, you know, all interesting additions. So, uh, what do you think of the art in this one? Um, it's okay. It's still like... It still reminds me, as the, as the couple issues before, of kind of the, the we talked about the the adult comic strips, not adult as in X rated, but like the the boring the, comic. We'll strip. say the grown up comic <laughs> strips that they would have, where it's drawn like a nineteen forties noir flick, but but with more colors than a noir film would be. But, right. I don't know. I like it for the most part. I I enjoy that art. I think there's only a few, there's only a couple of panels where I, I, that I would say that I noticed I thought were kind of bad or or not bad is not the right word, but that I didn't like. 
for the most part. I, I don't know. It works to me. It works with the story. Yeah, yeah, that was good. What do you think of the story? Or you just want to grade this one? That's up to you. Do you want to do the whole arc, or you want to grade it? And yeah, what we'll grades we go, and we can kind of say some general comments. See how far we get. Okay. Um, um, I will say I'm. I was moderately interested in the story. Okay. That it wasn't was as compelling as the the previous one to me. No, probably not. But, I mean, it's interesting. I, I kind of want to know. I, as you said, I don't really care that much about Bloodsport or or um, Roughhouse, but I don't know. I do kind of like the, I like Lindsay and, uh, yeah. and uh, Jessica. I like their whole thing. Yeah. So I'm interested. All right, we're going to grade number four. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait. First of all, uh, let's talk about the back cover. We have a really cool back cover by Barry Winston. Oh, yes. Smith. Yeah, um, the back cover. I really like the back cover. Yeah, it's really great. So it's basically just kind of a purple background and then kind of Wolverine from the torso up, but he's all just in white and blue. It's like purple rain Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's super nice. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so what are you going to grade Wolverine number four? Um, I'll give it a four. All right. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I thought it was a fun story. I'm going to give it five out of six claws. Yeah. Oh, I also was going to say, I didn't get at first that uh, Ernie, that's not right, Archie, I mean, Archie? that Archie is the same guy that they when they that they branded early in the the comic because for whatever reason oh. he looks very different to me <laughs> in the panels where they're roughing him up and they brand him with the handprint and then in the last couple of pages where wolverine busts in and whatever reason it looks different and it took me until the next comic to realize that was the same guy oh okay i guess he doesn't he just said he calls him arch and it didn't the connect didn't uh the name didn't connect until the next one. I was like, "Oh, that's the same guy." That's funny. I don't know what I don't know what it was about the arc that seemed so different to me. But huh. anyway, I don't know if anybody else had that same thing or not. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looked pretty similar to me, kind of a not Lando thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so that's going to take us to number five. Um, Hunter's Moon. The creative team is all the same except for the letter is Janice Cheng. Uh, so the cover by Basima again. What's on the cover, Cameron? Uh, cover, we have um, Wolverine swinging out of a tree with some guys in an old Jeep shooting machine guns up at him. Yeah. And what I think is a very cool cover. I love stuff. this cover a lot. And this is one I remember seeing at the comic shop. Yeah. And thinking, man, I, I want, I want to get that. <laughs> You know why? Because it, it looks like a G.I. Joe cover. I was going to say, it's very reminiscent of G.I. Joe and or Punisher War Journal. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, Punisher War, or like a G.I. Joe Special Missions, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Like if you swap out, you know, maybe you put the Snake Guys up there, maybe right. Tunnel Rap or somebody, yeah. make those dreadnoughts. I mean, you know, it's got a G.I. Joe cover right there. Totally, totally. Or, yeah, Punisher, if it's the Punisher dropping down on some bad people he's about to kill. Yeah. Well, I did, you know, the jeep driving through the jungle in the golden triangle lurks death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like this cover a lot. Yeah, it's really nice. Really nice. And then our back cover, I'll do it do it in a timely fashion this time, is uh, 
by John Bolton, of course, uh, classic X-Men fame. And it's just Wolverine in a, in a bar fight. Yeah, just a classic bar fight or possibly Thanksgiving Day roughhousing. <laughs> possibly. This is just his cousins. <laughs> yeah, with some cousins. Yeah. Roughing each other up. Yep, so it's, it's a fine back cover. It's... I like it. Not, not nearly as good as the one before, but... Yeah. All right, so we got uh, Chris Claremont, John Rusima, Al Williamson, I was right, uh, Inker, Janice Chang, Letterer, Glennis Oliver, Colorist, and uh, yeah, that's all the same people, right? Yeah, except for Janice yeah. Chang instead of Tom Wartzikowski. Oh, there you go, Janice yeah. Chang. So I, it was warranted that I read all of those names. <laughs> 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 all right, so my app screen keeps skipping. Uh-oh. This is one of the downsides to using the app instead of the paper comics. But um, yeah, so we have Hunter's Moon. All right, so we open up right where we left off with uh, Karma at a fancy hotel. She's just shattered a glass and her hands are bleeding as she becomes very frustrated that she worked with her uncle and committed to helping out Wolverine. Then we jump to Wolverine, who's in a plane with Archie. And in a World War II era fighter plane tries to shoot him down. This is where Archie re-reveals the fact that he's got the Bloodsport brand on his chest. And so um, World War II Mustang tries to shoot him down. Wolverine jumps out of the plane onto the Mustang and uses his claws to take down an airplane, which is always a pretty, pretty interesting moment. Yeah. And then he jumps into the wall, falls into the water. So then we cut over to uh, Lindsay and Jessica and um, Tiger, a roughed up Tiger who's still recovering. And so they're, um, <laughs> I like with Jessica just randomly on the wall. Like this, <laughs> oh yeah, remember, remember I got powers. Right. <laughs> I used forget. to be Spider-Woman. Yeah. And so they bust into some kind of rant. Ranch, some kind of mansion here with an uh, old guy named Chang uh, who welcomes them in and helps getting them sorted. And then we go back to G.I. Joe Special Missions. We have a very, <laughs> I just want to stop you, we have a very different oh. definition of mansions. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds it like, like shutters a, falling apart. And I, yeah. in my, Whatever reason, in my mind, it seemed like, a, like an old de, uh, defunct mansion. Like this okay. is an old mansion, right. but as I look at this panel now, it seems pretty yeah. clear this is probably like a, an area, a slum area. But yeah, for whatever reason, the door with his eye and the big staircase in the background, I just thought it was like a a mansion that is in disrepair. But there you go. Yeah. one point was a big mansion. Well, so it's the offices just worth pointing out of Landau, Luckman, and Lake, which will be Wolverine's official lawyers uh, in perpetuity. So. Ah, uh, yeah. And she says, uh, what does she say something about? We should be so lucky. And then it's like, oh, Luckman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or she says, our luck won't hold forever. And they're standing next to the Luckman sign. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, yes. So Chang opens the door, lets him in, starts getting him settled. Then we go back to uh, Punish War Journal. And we have some, I guess, mercenaries. It's not really clear. I assume they're mercenaries that work for, but they have they have code names, Battle Axe and Hard Shock. Case. Them, 
white bread. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And uh, so I, they're kind of like, they kind of like our G.I. Joe guys, they're like bad guy versions. Right. So I don't know. But anyway, they're out in the woods looking for Wolverine, basically. And of course, Wolverine finds them first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> strips them down naked and ties them facing each other, which is pretty funny. Or down <laughs> to their underwear. Right. And ties them into facing each other. Yeah. Uh, before we see the naked guys, though, they go back to the back to Chang, and they're trying to help Tiger recover. Lindsay Rakab finds an armor suit randomly. That is, uh, that's somebody's suit, but I couldn't place exactly whose it is. Uh, well, we find out later that Wolverine made it for her. But it looks very, very similar to Silvestri's design for Psylocke's armor. That's what I was thinking. And then in the face, the face made made me think of. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot the character. I'll think of it in a minute. Anyway, it doesn't matter that much. But anyway, yeah, it looked familiar. But I, but that's right. I forgot he said that he made it for her. So, but either way, she's got an armor suit. That she doesn't end up wearing, but she has it for the moment. <laughs> so, and then, and of course, uh, uh, oh God, I can't think. Rough House busts through the wall into the Chang's house with a great scrap room. And then we go back to Wolverine. Here's where we reveal the uh, almost naked guys facing each other, which is funny. A funny twist on that is that he ties them up face to face. Right. Nuts to nuts. Nuts to nuts. Right up in the sky. Um, the soldiers are frustrated. They're still trying to figure out how to find Wolverine. They're still looking for him. Or I guess they're looking for Patch, we should say. And they're all using their code names like a bunch of cool dudes. But then again, Wolverine finds those guys too first and uh, destroys a Jeep and ultimately gets away from all those after a prolonged battle scene of them shooting and running and trying to find him. Um, all pretty well done. Pretty action-packed, I think. With machine guns and old-timey airplanes and all the kind of stuff that 14-year-old Cameron definitely would have liked. Oh, yeah. 30-something Cameron also still likes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there is a moment, and I, I can't tell if it's... Sometimes it looks like a shadow, and sometimes it looks like Wolverine actually has a little... Robin mask. No, he does like um, it's it's kind of like eye black. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it is. just but it's it's just perfectly fit around his eyes, like it's a little mask. Oh, but, but sometimes then, like, some, it goes from like hair to hair, like yeah. Bar. Some panels it it just kind of looks more like it's just shadows oddly placed. But there's a few cases where it's really dark, but anyway, not really that important. Kind of looks like he got the whipped in the face by Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Shot right in the eye. <laughs> um, Wolverine sneaks into the soldier's camp, starts wrecking some stuff. Yep, takes out a billion-dollar shipment. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, a lot of drugs yeah. right there. And then they get away, or he gets away. Yep. With the Army militia guys... Mercenaries are like, well, we ever see him again? Yeah, we ever see him again? Are they? I and maybe I missed it. Are they employed by General Coy? 
Yeah. I don't... Yes. I assume that's the case, but I don't think they really ever spell that out. Yeah, I don't just, know if they're explicit or not, but that's definitely... They just kind of show up and start shooting at Wolverine. <laughs> right. I guess I assume that's who those guys are. But yeah. yeah. Um, and I wrote something else, but it spell check changed what I wrote, and now I don't remember what it was. Right. I wrote a note that said, they have good, BTW. But I think there was. I think that good was supposed to be something else. I oh. can't remember what it was. They got legs and they know how to use them. <laughs> She's got legs. Yeah, I don't think mm. so. Okay. I'll cut it off in a minute, maybe. Right. It's the very last thing I wrote, so it was something for about the very end. But oh, okay. Who knows what that was? Well, all the way back to page four, we have a really cool snicked that's like behind the claws, so the claw goes like through the snicked. It's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, that is cool. And on page six, they, they start a thing that carries through this book. And through the story, I think in general, but especially in this issue, where Claremont really emphasizes the sound that Wolverine's claws make and the way people react to it. Which really pulls you into the story and almost like in this, almost like in a horror movie type vibe where like, and it really gets under people's skin when they hear, like, the claws pop. It's just really unnerving. And I just thought that was really cool. And I don't... I know they've talked about... Obviously, when you see the sound, you see the snicked, you know, panel after panel. But this is the first time I remember Claremont ever really, like, really focusing on what the sound of Wolverine's claws does to other people psychologically. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Because it comes up a few times in this book where people hear it and, and get scared or kind of just get the heebie-jeebies or, like, oh, what that? that's, that's, what's that sound? You know, oh, it's just really cool. Um, yeah. And we get a nice snack as well, which it also kind of makes him unnerved. So I thought that was cool. I, I don't remember people calling World War II the big deuce. Yeah, I like that. That was funny. Something um, makes me think of someone taking it down. But. Yeah, me too. So on page Wolverine, we, uh, not page Wolverine, <laughs> on page 11, we have another snicked. And I wrote in my notes, you already talked about this a little bit, I said Wolverine 1, Planes 0. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was interesting that he compared hitting the water from 1,000 meters to the Hulk. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. It'd be, what, what did he say? Not as bad as the Hulk. Yeah. He hit the Hulk. Yep. Something to that effect. Yeah. I thought in the in this mansion that we're debating about, <laughs> I guess it's just the law office, um, that picture on the wall that they notice of Wolverine and Chang, where Chang is young and it's like they say a nineteenth century tin type. It's a picture of them together. I thought that was kinda cool. Yeah, that was cool. Because um, this is kind of before they've really established this is well before they really established how old Wolverine is. As far as him being like super old, yeah. I think yeah, they definitely... I mean, you know that he's older, but... Right. So a little bit of trivia for Landau, Luckman, and Lake. Um, yeah. Besides being the first appearance, uh, Claremont named the firm after the original founders of the Forbidden Planet comic book store that was in uh, England and New York City. <laughs> so, That's funny. Yeah. So apparently he has some pretty close ties to the 
the guys that were running that that shop, and so he named the law firm after those guys. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. Uh, page 16, we have another snicked. just want to point that out. Uh, I made the same comment as you, or, or kind of narrowed it down, that the armor looking like uh, Sylvester's Psylocke armor. Yeah. Um, on page 20, we get snicked number four of the issue. Now, that's pretty cool. On page 29, we get a really nice-looking... Snicked with a, like big bold letters and an exclamation point. It's number five of the issue, and we also get a slucked sound as he carves the guy up. And so that's pretty cool. So yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, normally you you average one or two snicks per issue. I would say of Wolverine comics. Yeah, uh, at least. Yeah, we got a whopping five in this issue. So I thought that was pretty cool. What do you think of the art in this one? Um, I like it. It miss just keep doing the same. He's kind of doing that same theme. Yeah. Uh, which I like, and it, again, while referencing GI Joe again, it kind of reminds me of some of the early GI Joe. Not early, but just the way GI Joe was often drawn in this yes, similar. I can see that. Vein. Yeah, I didn't and, realize that uh, Bloodsport has has skull earrings. I didn't either. That's funny. Yeah. I gotta say, as the uh, technology advanced here, I'm not super crazy about the colors in this book, which all of her, you, I mean, we've sung her praises a million times. Yeah. But the, I don't know, something about the way, I don't know if it's because of the digital saturation or I what. I think part of it is that so much of it is supposed to happen at night. Because most of this comic book is in the night. Right. And so I think trying to show, especially when they're outside, trying to show the darkness and the shadows, and I think we lose some of the vibrancy of the colors a little bit because just trying to show that it's dark and drab, I guess. At least that would be my take on that a little bit. I just noticed that Guy Battleaxe actually has a Battleaxe. (laughs) Well, you know, going with the G.I. Joe theme, the name's got to fit the weapon. That's true. I mean, he's got guns too, but then he's got like a an oddly small axe, right, on his back. Yeah. So I look like Roadblock. <laughs> there is a guy that looks like Roadblock. I thought about that. Has the camo tank top yeah. and the brown military pants. Don't know if he's bald because he has a helmet on, but I'm going to assume he probably is. Uh, no, he, he's uh, he's bald. Oh, is he bald later? Okay. There's the, the where he's talking on the phone in the very first scene. Oh, okay. He's got the camo tank top, and that's battle axe, and he turns around, and he's got the axe on his back. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's next to Duke with the <laughs> red headband. You know, it's funny, you know, from the cover on, we've made a lot of G.I. Joe comparisons. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this story. My main criticism of it is kind of the same thing I would say about Larry Hama and G.I. Joe, is this issue really got bogged down with the technical details. Yeah. And that's my, that's really kind of the only thing looking back and rereading G.I. Joe's that I don't like as much is how much the story slows down so Hama can describe the weapons and the caliber of the bullets and the way the helicopter spins or what, you know, all yeah. this like, look how much I know about the military. And I feel like but we, to be fair, 
I loved that crap when I was a kid. <laughs> I did too. I, I did loved too. all that stuff about bullets and <laughs> I thought I was so cool because I knew about calibers and <laughs> and so yeah, but I, I, I agree. I, when I've tried to read G.I. Joe comics later, it's almost exhausting, you know. It can be, yeah. Go through all the little basic details. Of, <laughs> it's like you're reading a novel, right? And Tom Clancy, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom Clancy novel where he's telling me how much he knows about spies. <laughs> I get it, I get it. Right. We get it. You know some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So anyway, all that said, I'm gonna give Wolverine number five four out of six claws. What do you got? I'm gonna stick with four as well. Okay. I feel like I feel like we should say more about the picture on the wall, but maybe I'm making more out of that than I am. Well, no, I, I, I worthwhile. I don't think you're making more out of it. I don't really know what else to say. Um, no, I, I guess I don't mean that. I guess I just mean because I'm trying to remember they because they haven't really. He hasn't expressed that he's old. Not that he's I mean, ageless. This is kind of the, yeah. one of the first tense that. And he doesn't age. I, because it just seems like such a random, like, aside right. to be ultimately a pretty big part of his backstory. Yeah. I've been trying to remember, you know, because Jessica Drew sees this picture here. Yeah. And she calls him Patch in quotation marks. And she's encountered, like, she knows Wolverine. Yeah. So I was trying to remember in the... The, the the stories where they've crossed paths, if, did he never take off his mask? Because it seems like a tiny little eye patch would not trick her. But later in the story, she acts surprised or, or like, doesn't realize who Patch is. And so I don't, I'm kind of confused on, on why she is so not kind of up to speed on that. But Well, I guess I... I guess I thought that she's it, the quotation marks are because she's not sure if it's him, right? Because he doesn't have a tiny eye. <laughs> oh, in the picture, right, right, right. And because it's and because it's so old. Yeah. But it's weird that she doesn't question that it's Mister Chang, who, if the picture is a nineteenth-century tintype, that would make Mister Chang like a hundred and seventy years old. Because <laughs> in this thing, he's like. He's probably late seventies old, yeah. yeah. And so, ten types are—that's like eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies. This came out in the late eighties, and yeah. so I mean, that, so at least hundred years. That, that could be Mister Chain. Also, is also a, would be a surprising. Yeah, true. Point. Huh? I didn't think about that. And so I don't know if they're if they're trying to if they were were originally going to try to make Chang ageless. If that was going to be part of his story at some point. Well, he definitely gets older because he's old and gray right now, but it would seem some kind of decelerated aging for sure. Or maybe they just miss, or maybe they're, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's clearly 19th century and they, they, they push that idea. Right. But this was at the very least 80 years ago, probably more like 120 years ago. <laughs> and he's an adult. Yeah. It's not like Wolverine's holding a I mean, baby, he's got a mustache, a baby yeah. chain. Right. Yeah, it's not like an infant chain. Wolverine <laughs> holding a baby. <laughs> he's got a mustache in that picture, so he's at least 20. He would, we'll yeah. Say. Right. Yeah, I don't know. 
that's a weird a weird aside to, to bring a, what again is a big deal later or it could just be one of those you know where you go to the, the fair and they take a picture of you in old timey clothes could be could be <laughs> and it has no reference to anything in the facts right just a, <laughs> it's just a fake photo taken in a carnival somewhere yeah. And what we don't see is next to this on the desk is a penny stretched out to show the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that thing of, of uh, candy, cotton candy. Cotton candy? <laughs> That's some old cotton candy. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I was wrong. So number six is named after Rough House. So they both got their own title. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I didn't know that either, so. So this is the exact same credits. This cover by Basim, I really like. And part of what I really like about this cover is the color scheme. Because you have, like, the, the brown floor and the black space behind everyone. Uh, Wolverine yeah. kind of in, is kind of oddly red jacket. But it looks cool in contrast with Rough House. Yeah, I agree. This is a good cover. So basically, we have Bloodsport on the ground, bleeding. Wolverine's about to take him on, but then Roughhouse is behind him, about to double, double pile, not pile drive. What's the move where you? About to Hulk smash him. Yeah, Hulk smash. <laughs> um, so this back cover is by Todd McFarlane. So that's pretty cool. We haven't seen McFarlane draw Wolverine since those issues of Incredible Hulk. But basically, it's just a close-up on his face, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he's bleeding out of his mouth. Yep. For whatever reason. But, I mean, it's, it's McFarlane, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. His, his cigarette looks rolled. Like it does. Like he rolls itself, which is kind of yeah. cool. And it's kind of, like, flimsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. The colors on that are also really cool because it's a stark red and black background and McFarlane put a lot of blue in his hair. You, yeah. you kind of highlight the black and it just looks it looks really nice. Yeah, but, I agree. But McFarlane's a boss, so that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Yep. All right, so in this chapter, Wolverine and Corrigan, that's Archie, return to Magipur where they find Karma at the Princess Palace attempting to free Tiger and company. We find out she joined her uncle to try to find her siblings, but enough is enough. General Coy brags about how Bloodsport and Roughhouse uh, tracked down and enslaved Jessica Drew and Lindsay McCabe. We see that Tiger Tiger is now in the magic not Psylocke armor, and Coy wants her out. He's looking for a can opener. Uh, Wolverine reveals himself, and our heroes fight the bad guys through many great pages. Um, at the end, Wolverine's about to take out General Coy when the prince himself shows up for some shirts and skins basketball. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I kind of ran through that. There's a lot of fighting in this issue, and it's really great, but, I mean, how much can you really say about it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's really just a action packed, with not really much, not doesn't really advance the plot much. It's just kind of like a lot of fighting. Yeah, but it looks cool. So. Yeah, a lot of women get slapped in this issue. 
Yeah, I kind of I think it's weird that Tiger loses control of the soldier simply because she's surprised at how much wealth there is there. You mean karma? I mean karma, yeah, sorry. Not yes. Tiger. Karma. Because she's in charge of that guy's brain. And then she's like, ooh, there's a lot of money here. And then she loses <laughs> control of the guy. And it's just like, you know, you had one job. Right. <laughs> that, old, that old joke. It's like, that's your, that was the whole thing you were there. Your whole existence here is, is bent on you controlling the soldier. And you see a golden Buddha and you're like, ooh. <laughs> but luckily, Wolverine's there to punch that guy in the face. Yep, from out behind the curtains. Classic old, old black and white movie move. Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty classic. Oh, that was good. I thought, uh, what are the tentacles? It's just like a magic squid monster in the fountain for some reason. I don't know what that's about. I don't, they also say they don't explain that. They're just like, oh, there's tentacles everywhere. Why? Where did the tentacles come from? What are they doing? Don't make a wish in that guy. Um, You didn't mention uh, Macabre in the slave, Princess Leia slave girl costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In literally the same situation. Yeah, pretty much. Boy's so, not quite as fat and ugly as Jabba, but no, but still a bad dude. He doesn't have a salacious crumb, which is too bad. Oh, but yeah. maybe those tentacles are from Bib Fortuna's neck. Ah, uh, maybe, or maybe it's the Sarlacc. Ah, true, the Sarlacc. A, a fountain Sarlacc. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, the Prince of Madripoor is from Striper. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah, he, th- there had to be a guitar solo in the background. <laughs> <laughs> lots of bends. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of tapping and lots of bends. And some high singing. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I bet the prince and the little pepper guy hang out. Oh, I bet. They had to. Is that his name? Is that the little, little pepper or little little sweet? Michael, Michael Sweet? No, the little the guy from the Dr. Pe- the new Dr. Pepper commercial. Oh, oh. Is it little sweet? I don't remember. I don't think I've I don't think I've seen it actually. Oh, they're funny. They're nice. Um I'm gonna watch commercials. Oh well. <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. The only commercials I watch are the stupid Comedy Central app because it makes you watch commercials to watch any shows on there. Ah, okay. So, uh, we, we do get a really nice snicked in the rain on page 15. Snicked in the rain. Wolverine's Just another snicked looks in awesome. the rain. And I want to I point something out in this issue. All right. N- and not to not to um, take away from the overall story of this storyline, but in this issue, people keep referring to Wolverine as Patch. Yeah. Which he's been, you know, since he's been a Madripoor. Yeah. But in this issue, solely issue number six, from cover to cover, never has the eye patch on. Ah, uh, I just I didn't even notice that. That's not fun. once. It comes back the next time, and it's been there before, but in this particular issue, 
He does not wear the eye patch the whole time, yet people consistently still refer to him as Patch. I really wish that instead of that, it was a whole comic of people going, Who's this guy? Where did he come from? What happened to Patch? Oh yeah, that's weird. I didn't even I didn't pick up that till right when you said that. That would be that's awesome. A, I, I like a random thing. And it's not like it didn't change artists. No, it just didn't feel like doing the patch in this one. Yeah, I, I guess because we're saying he just got off the plane because he didn't have the patch in the jungle, but he didn't need it. He wasn't trying to hide, you know, anything. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. It's weird. And so then the question is, does that mean do people then now recognize him as Wolverine? They should. I mean, that the eye patch was the only thing. <laughs> the only thing. Obscuring his identity, so. And at least Jessica Drew. Yeah, she should know. And he's popping the claws all over the place. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much his, uh, his um, disguise is pretty much worthless. Yeah. Maybe maybe everyone knew that it was him and they're just playing along. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Well, what do you want to grade Wolverine number six? Um, I think I, I enjoyed it the least of the three. Okay. Not, not because it wasn't... Just because it, it literally was just a big fight issue, which was fine. And I enjoyed it, but I kind of got a little bored towards the end. Okay. Because it didn't, I just didn't feel like really anything was happening except for this one single long fight scene. And so, I don't know, I, I'll still stick with the four, but it's like a low four. Okay. I'm going to do... I feel like three is too, too little, so I'll still stick with four, but... yeah. All right, I'm going to do a, a pretty solid four out of six claws. Um, I think I liked it maybe a little better than you, but didn't like it quite as much as the first one we talked about tonight. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, Rough House and Bloodsport are not really primo villains. Um, yeah. And General Coy's pretty cool, but... Yeah, he looks like half the time he looks like Spock. <laughs> yes, he does sometimes. And then the other half, he doesn't. It's like yeah. weird. And they're not like he's drawn vastly different, but there's just certain <laughs> things that make him look like that. Yeah, I was going to say my overall thoughts on some of these guys. I feel like Blood, not Bloodsport, uh, Roughhouse. Roughhouse is just like a less interesting version of Juggernaut. I can see that. That's just, he's just a big dude who's strong. And he's kind of shaped like Juggernaut because of the way his hair and beard make him look. <laughs> that that is the same, looks like the helmet. Right. But there's no interesting backstory. It's just he's a big guy. Is he a mutant? Uh, they don't really spell I, that out. I don't but, think it's said here. I think we'll eventually find out he is. Yeah. And in blood and uh, Bloodsport as well. I don't think they really go into why they have. We don't really, yeah, we don't really get any like backstory or origin. They're just kind of goons for hire. Uh, yeah, which I think also kind of adds to why they're less interesting. Yeah. Because there's no like reason. They're just, oh, here's some guys with powers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think everybody needs like a 
No, I mean, you don't need a big backstory. Sometimes no origin is better than a really dumb origin. Yeah, I would agree. I think we're going to cap the episode here. Um, We will finish this story next time. So, what are you, any just kind of random overall thoughts on these three issues? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but it's not super interesting. Yeah. It's just kind of a storyline that I, 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 I still want to follow it, but I'm not dying to know what happens next. <laughs> right. I, I like, you know, kind of tying him more deeply into Madripoor. I think it'll get a little more interesting when we get to kind of the resolution of the power struggle with the underworld. I think that kind of picks up a little bit. But for these three issues, I do. I love Wolverine's supporting cast so far. I like the uh, I like the inclusion of Jessica Drew and Lindsay McCabe. Um, right, you too. And Archie guy was fine. Um, I like seeing Karma pop back up. Uh, thought she's had an interesting role in the story. Um, yeah. And as far as General Coy, like it was fun to kind of see him make the shift to Madripoor, and I mean, it, I mean, and I guess that's part of the thing too. It's like there's this idea, there's this seed of a story of this guy like making this big power move, but it just kind of turns into a bunch of random fights. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not. It's not. They're not really connecting as well. It's also, to me, still not all that clear why Wolverine's even there. Like just what? Why is he suddenly so invested in Madripoor? Even in the first three, they don't really explain that. I mean, he just kind of shows up, and he's he's helping people out. Well, he was trying to help. A, he was trying to help a friend in the first one. Yeah, and so he's there for the friend, and then so why is he back? Or why did he not leave? Right. Where did Silver Samurai go? I'm still wondering what happened. It seemed like a weird, like a weird, like this was just totally a whole different thing. It just happens to also be a Madripoor. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Tiger, Tiger is a connecting... Ooh, my voice just cracked. Um, <laughs> tiger, Tiger! Tiger, Tiger! That's what I was doing. You're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's definitely the connecting thread as far yeah. as kind of the anchor to Madripoor. I don't know if Wolverine feels some kind of... I mean, definitely in, in years to come later, he'll, he'll feel like a protective, like he's kind of the guardian of Madripoor. And kind of feels responsible for it to a degree. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard for me to separate what is and what is to come. But Yeah. It does become such a part of Wolverine as we go forward. It's just reading it like at this point, I'm still like, okay, well, when are, when are we going to understand why? Like, when are we going to understand what what is it about Madripoor that keeps bringing him back here? Right. Is it just that loose connection, and so then he's now he's in it, and so it's like for that, you know, why didn't he just become an A team and travel around the world helping people in various cases? You know, it's right. a one man A team. <laughs> he does have the cigar. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll I guess it wouldn't be one man. He's got he's got a separate whole cast of characters. He That's could just true. A team. Yeah, his own little squad. All right, cool. Well. So we'll finish this story up next time, wrap up our, our first major Madripoor story. Or not first, actually third, I guess, major Madripoor yeah. story. Because we had the Marvel Comics present story, which, you know, I guess that's what it is, though, because he ended up buying part of the Princess Bar. So, I mean, he's he's got roots down now. Oh, no, that's so, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. 
So I guess he just lives there, or he has he has. It's his home away there. from home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. You know. Okay. I'll... Take back what I said. I guess there it makes more sense why he's invested in the the region. All right. Cool. Well, what do you got going on? Anything you want to tell the peeps about? I got nothing going on. All right. Well, then. <laughs> Literally. Nothing going on. <laughs> so the next one will continue in Wolverine Year Fifteen. Uh, with some more Magipore goodness. And, um, yeah, so please, as usual, like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at Snickcast. Email us, snickcast at yahoo.com. Uh, sh- website with show notes. I almost said with show tunes. I wish. I wish my website had show tunes. Um, but anyway, it's uh, snickcast.podbean.com. So, uh, thanks, Cameron, for making the return to the show. And, um, Always a pleasure. You know, I, I actually, you know, I, I know you kind of joked that I fired you, um, <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed your vacation because the episodes you're involved in are about to be pretty aggressive. <laughs> well, there you go. So it's going to be a nice yeah. string of Cameron for the foreseeable future. I'll try to catch up on my grading so I can awesome. <laughs> read some comics. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked.